Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Jeremy Dutcher is an Indigenous performer, composer, activist, and musicologist currently based in Toronto, Ontario. Originally from New Brunswick, Dutcher studied music in Halifax, which prompted them to delve into archive recordings reflecting their Willistoyovic heritage. After a long period of work, the end result is a powerful stage show and critically adored new album called Willistoyovic Lintuwaganawa, which has led them to tour the world, including 2018 stops at Guelph's Hillside Festival and Sackville's Sappy Fest. Jeremy and I connected recently to discuss their working history, the past and current state of indigenous communities across Canada from their perspective, their new album, and much more. With in-kind support from Pizza Trocadero, The Bookshelf, and Planet Bean Coffee in Guelph, Granddad's Donuts in Hamilton, and Planet of Sound locations in Ottawa and Toronto, and of course, listeners like you, who subscribe to this podcast, download episodes, and make flexible monthly pledges at patreon.com slash Control. This is the 408th episode of Creative Control, featuring Jeremy Dutcher with your host, me, Vish Khanna. Hi, Jeremy. How are you doing? Hey, I'm very well. It's nice to speak with you. Where in the world are you today? 
Well, I just landed back in Toronto, um, where I um, have a place. Um, I was in Montreal last night, and before that in Dawson City, uh, Yukon, and Vancouver. So I've sort of been all over the all over the place these days. That is an interesting trajectory, really. I yeah, mean, <laughs> Vancouver, Dawson City—that kind of makes sense. It's still pretty that's far, but then you know, all the way to Montreal, right across the country. Wow, that was a long travel day. Let me tell you. <laughs> but uh, I assume. You are happy to travel and spread your music around. I mean, yeah, it's sort of it is the 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 line of work I've chosen, uh, <laughs> and I'm so happy to be doing it. Honestly, like uh, to get to go around and uh, to some of these places and connect with the communities there has like been really really cool. So, yeah, is this a recent phenomenon for you? Are were you a hard touring musician before the release of your latest record? Uh, not I, I, hard touring. No, definitely not. You know, I had done some gigs around Toronto and then I actually did a bit of a tour in Asia last year, which sort of came out of the blue and then a little bit in Scandinavia too, you know, just kind of do picking up these gigs where they came. But, uh, but yeah, no, in terms of like the, not constant touring, but you know, just like frequent touring, I'll say, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's been, it's been, you know, since the record came out. So, and you know, it's, it's, it's much nicer to do it. I think once you have something tangible for people, you know, to take away and to build a relationship with, because it was sort of felt weird a little bit touring when I was like, okay, here, well, not, not weird, but I guess just different, you know, it's like you create a moment in a show and then it's not, you can't relive it. Um, but now it's like, you can actually gift people with something. And I'm so like happy to share this music. So, yeah, it's been uh, it's been cool now, since it came out. I was very fortunate to see you perform at the National Arts Center in Ottawa during the Megaphono Festival. Oh yeah, cool! I love that show so much with my uh, with a good friend of mine, uh, Melody McIver. That's right. Yeah, yeah, it was unbelievable, and I I had never seen you before. I wasn't that familiar with you at that point, and uh, my friends, uh, in particular, my friend Stephen Lamke was excited to see you, and and he provoked me to go, and mm-hmm. he he runs Sappy Fest in uh, in New Brunswick as well, so yeah. in in Sackville, New Brunswick. So anyway, uh, that was that was mind blowing, and I was struck by your presentation. You were singing. Um, uh, some would say it was uh, operatic singing, I suppose. Uh, and you were playing, you I know, kind of cla- <laughs> you were playing kind yeah. of uh, piano in the in the classical realm. Uh, but then you also were augmenting all of this with these recordings. And I, I think I, on some level, I don't mean to uh, reduce your practice, or, or and I forgive me if I am uh, in, in mm. attempting to capture it. But I'm hoping you can elaborate upon some of these things in terms of your your current um, live presentation. If if it's changed since uh, that was back in February of 2018, so uh, I don't yeah. know uh, if that was an early show in in this swing of things. Can you talk about your show and, and how it works? Sure. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Yeah. It's sort of working in a couple different configurations right now, and. And that's allowed like me to be super flexible in terms of like the kinds of kinds of shows and venues I can do. You know, uh, I just had this experience like a couple weeks ago, um, and it was actually back at the National Arts Center. Um, I played this like uh, this uh, Governor General's Award thing uh, with the NACO. Um, so I did this like massive gig with an orchestra, uh, like doing my music. I was like, holy shit! Like this is so cool. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the next weekend, I was in the north end of Winnipeg playing for the Sagahiwe Festival, uh, which is like an indigenous arts festival happening sort of in like the divested communities of, of, of Winnipeg. And um, just the juxtaposition of those like two audiences and communities is like so much how this project looks in terms of where it can live. So yeah, I think it's it, it's been really interesting to 
sort of be able to create different spaces and different kinds of live shows. What you saw was like very much um, sort of the piano reduction version of, of what I'm hoping to do and what I've been doing. But it's also, it's also like, I don't know, I'm, I'm quite process oriented. And so in terms of like how I write music, or at least this record anyway, it was very much at the piano. So um, giving people, you know, and with the, with the archive, of course, as you mentioned, so sort of playing, you know, playing these piano arrangements, sort of how I first had intended them. And then, and then playing also the recording to show sort of people where it, where it, where it's all coming from. Right. Um, and give people sort of a glimpse into that experience of like what it was like to actually go in the archive. And, and I think, you know, I, I'm learning I maybe to be a little less narrative focused in my shows, but but definitely I like to tell stories all the time because I think well, I thought the banter and and that kind of you know it's it's I assumed you uh, had said these things before, but it seemed kind of like extemporaneous explanations of things. I, I thought that was really uh, helpful and inform oh, cool. inform things. And and to be honest, I think I put you in an awkward position by jumping ahead to the live <laughs> show instead of talking about the background of what you're up to. And I apologize for that. I just, I just, no I was just thinking about the fact I've thought about your show a lot, like since I've seen it, it's the only time I've seen you play live. And I, I've just thought about it quite a bit. And, uh, cool. and it, it really, uh, had an impact on me on some level. Um, and so I guess, like I say, just to uh, correct things here, we should actually go back and, uh, talk about, uh, how this record came to be and, and how you approached making it. Cause it's a very, from my understanding of what I've read and and, and heard you uh, or read read interviews and things, like, I, I know it was a, a very interesting process. And, and for those who are unfamiliar with it, I, I actually think we should jump back. So can you talk about how this music uh, came to be? Uh, and, you know, go back to your studies, in fact. I, I think it, it's, it's relevant info. Yeah, sure. Um, so all the way back, long, <laughs> long, long, long ago. Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, but it's it's kind of been this this whole album is like a culmination of, you know, at least you know, eight or nine years of work. Uh, I, study, I assume, I, and I assume some trial and error as well. Like you, I think oh, hugely. I think you've you. Well, I feel like what I saw was a refined, uh, you know, the process of a refinement uh, in terms totally. of trying to figure out how to do it. Totally. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Um, doing that like tour in Asia, where I had to do like in one month, I did like seventeen shows, and you know, you just have to sort of like you have to be ready to go at the drop of a hat, and you really create a flow in 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 building a show. Sorry. Now we're talking about the show again. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no. Well, the show the show is yeah. obviously a reflection and representation of this work. I don't of get me work, wrong. Yeah. I I yeah. feel like uh, I've not had this chronological conundrum with other guests before, and I've been doing this a long time. But my my my. <laughs> My initial, uh, you know, uh, encounter with you was live. So that's what yeah. resonates with me. And then the record has come out. It's been celebrated and acclaimed. It's uh, as we're speaking, it's nominated for the on the long list for the Polaris Music Prize. The critics are are on it. And, you know, I know you've been doing lots of press and, and big press, yeah. you know, so like there's there's been a lot of attention paid to it. But we must we yeah. must for the sake of people <laughs> who don't know what we're talking about, we must jump back. And figure out uh, where this all came from. It's all about the process, so we gotta, we gotta, we gotta delve in. Okay. <laughs> yes. So, yeah, I mean, this is it. it all sort of started. Um, wow, how far do we want to go back? Okay, um, three generations. No. Um, yeah. No. It's sort of like a. It started as like a, a seed that was planted from an elder of mine, actually, mm. um, named Maggie Paul, and she um, 
she lives back in New Brunswick, where my people come from. Our territory is sort of like runs mostly through like the western part of New Brunswick uh, into Maine and uh, up, up to Quebec as well. Um, and and who, it's sort who, do you, who do you represent, so to speak? Yeah, so so our people are called Wollastowiak. And that's sort of actually the first, that's the first word of the, the album, actually, uh, which is called Wulustowiag Lintuwaganawa. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so Wulustowiag is talking about the, it sort of translates to the people of the beautiful river. And that river is, is the Wulustok River, which sort of runs down the western part of New Brunswick into the ocean, which is called the St. John River today by some. And yeah, so this elder of mine, she, um, she knew I was interested in like our traditional music. I always had, you know, I always wanted to be around the drum and she was like a great sound carrier for our people. Um, when, when did your interest in music, uh, of any kind begin? Oh, remember? that's the thing. That's the thing. Cause I was like, hey, how far do you want to go back? Cause like, no, let's I, go, I, let's yeah. do it. Let's, let's, been, let's get to know yeah, you a little bit. Sure. Why I've not? Been, I've been, uh, yeah, I've been making music since I was a kid for sure. It was always like my parents. We had this like we had this fireplace at home with this ledge on it, and every time somebody would come over, I would like clear it, just take everything like totally clear it off the ledge, and uh, and take my little guitar and uh, and do a little show for people. Hmm. And uh, hmm. and uh, <laughs> you know, I was always like, uh, we're very very fortunate that we were gifted a, a piano. So we had a piano in the home too, which was like. I didn't realize at the time, but oh my god, such a gift, you know? Unusual, have, unusual for someone it, to have a piano. Absolutely, yeah, totally. Um, so, um, and you know, my parents couldn't have afforded it either. It was gifted to us, and yeah, so yeah. it was. Uh, anyway, it was just music was always in the home. You know, my brothers um, are all musical, and uh, and sort of show that in in many different ways. You know, my oldest brother is part of the local drum group and. Um, is really into traditional songs, and yeah, my the brother closest to me is uh, like a jazz musician back in uh, Fredericton. So, yeah, no, uh, music was always around the home, but mm-hmm. but when I really started to go down this path was through theater. Actually, uh, I was like a, a bit of a like eccentric weirdo in uh, in high school, and so the theater kids they were my people, and uh, it was a bit of a refuge in a way, you know, being uh, being New Brunswick and all. So yeah, I, I sort of got involved in that, and then through talking with like mentors in that, I said, you know, how if I wanted to take this to the next sort of step, right? What would I do? And they said, well, have you thought about classical music? Hmm. And and like not really, <laughs> I didn't really have much of a a relationship, you know, other than like what what most people have of like you know cartoons and like sort of those those like public iterations of, of the classical canon, but yeah, I didn't really know too much about it, so. Why? Why? What? What do you suppose spurred them to suggest classical as a, a sort of a genre signifier for you to explore? Well, I think I mean maybe they saw it in my voice, or or um, ah, oh yes, of course, yeah. I, I, I could could have been, or I think like also you know I was sort of given two paths, right? You know, if they were like you know if you want to go to theater school, that's one option. If you want to get like a like a super solid vocal foundation and that's, you know, you want to really sing. Um, sorry, not really sing. That's, that's sounds flippant, but, uh, <laughs> but if you really want to, you know, get that strong foundation, like going, even if you don't want to be an opera singer, you know, even going through that, that rigor and, and doing that kind of training is, is good. So, um, yeah, I took them up on it. Okay. <laughs> so I, I, I applied and I, I, I went to school in Halifax. But, but, um, but as a vocalist, yeah, as a vocalist, okay. totally. Okay. Um, totally my focus. I um, I actually didn't even play the piano at that time. Um, hmm. 
it actually came through through going to school and and just being able being having access to all these pianos you know you know i knew how to play chords i guess but but in a way of like actually composing at the at the instrument it's like it's a different kettle of uh, kettle of fish i yeah, guess right anyway so yeah what i what i noticed in these like institutional spaces was that music is just kind of done in a different way and uh definitely in a different way than i was used to right and so yeah there started to be for me like a I don't know, maybe a longing for like the kind of music that was made at home or like, yeah, just kind of a, a bit of a struggle of like, you know, it's beautiful music, but it's the kind of spaces and the kind of like competition and the kind of like classism that's like inherent, I think in like a lot of these spaces is, mm-hmm. um, is really tough. So just trying to find a pathway through that. I, I, you know, I really wanted to, to bring some of myself and some of my home, to this to what i was doing so you know I, I sort of looked through the sort of what is considered canon in like classical music for like things of indigenous content you know if if there were composers like talking about it or if there were actually like indigenous composers or, or what i just started doing like research and digging into it yeah and i found these like uh these these set of four songs by this guy named charles wakefield cadman and he's a he was like a turn of the century american like uh composer and um non-indigenous and uh yeah he would take he took these like melodies and and sort of made these like songs around them and i was like oh huh but they're all sort of like they're all sort of like kind of cheesy and like uh so wait sorry sort of- he he's non-indigenous but he he found he 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 discovered these indigenous musical yeah. pieces and then tried to adapt them. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so um, there, there was actually a group of composers. And again, <laughs> I'm very research based. And so I went in and started digging into um, these composers and who they were. So they're, they're called the Indianist composers. And, you know, what they did were they just, just like non-indigenous com- people at the turn of the century, mm-hmm. sort of like 19, early 1900s. And um and they and there was also this boom in in ethnomusicology where where folks would go into these like communities with you know and this is at the when when recording technology was also really getting going as well um so they would go into these communities and start recording you know and so all field, of a sudden field, there was recording, this, field recordings and whatnot exactly yeah. exactly yeah. so there was this massive explosion of of like access to to music's not of you know, uh, a Western classical canon. And so this, these groups of composers would like latch on to like certain ones and, and yeah. And so, so he wrote these pieces and, and uh, I, perf- I learned them and I performed them and they're kind of like funny and, you know, you know, for an actual indigenous person to perform them, a little ironic, but you know, it's like, I have this, you know, Buffy St. Marie, you know, uh, I have this like profound love for this woman. And uh, mm-hmm. she always says, um, if you don't like what's on the menu, you got to go into the kitchen, you got to cook it up and show them how good it tastes. <laughs> you know, and I thought this was like when I when I heard her say this, I was like, oh, that's kind of that's kind of perfect. And that's kind of like what what I want to do with this project is because, you know, when I when I was singing those songs by this like by this white guy who didn't really have a connection to the community or like, you know, was just sort of taking the melodies and totally decontextualizing them. You know, I saw that and I was like, oh, that's I could do better than that. You know, I come from this like, from this community. So this was, you know, this was before the archive. I didn't know anything about that. This was just really just me trying to figure out my identity in school and like how I could could mix who I was into what I was doing. I, I just I, I want to ask you about your relationship to these kinds of archival field recordings because on the one yeah. hand, 
I gather for you that they proved to be a treasure trove in terms of connecting to your heritage and um, and you know I know they changed your life. On the yeah. other hand, you know we've been reevaluating what the purpose of some of these recordings were and how they yeah. uh, ended up being exploitative, how they ended up being um, a kind of fetishization of uh, or an exoticization of of various cultural uh, forms yeah. and people. So, am I? Is that? Is that all there for you? Like, do you have? Oh yeah, yeah. No, okay. totally. I think I think yeah, I struggled a long time with the with the anthropological project, you know, as like a as as a thing, you know, of, of this like cataloging. And I think there's, you know, when I got to sit down and read this anthropologist journal, some of the language he's using is super complicated, you know, and it's like, oh my god, you know, they were not doing this um, for for uh, for like super innocent reasons or like you know they, you know, they, there was this narrative of like these people are dying and so we need to we need to collect their things before before they're gone forever you know yeah and make them into objects you know um and so yeah no it's it's all super complex but um because on the one on the one hand i assume you're somewhat grateful for the work oh hugely and 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 that's one part of it too i've like i've come to like really connect with this you know this anthropologist and 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 because i'm so grateful that that this has been collected you know it's like i don't know yeah, these songs, um, they were not sung in the community anymore. Like I didn't, there was one song that I heard as part of this hundred song collection mm-hmm. that, uh, that I knew growing up. And so that was it, you know, um, a lot of our songs and, and Maggie explained this to me too, my elder, she says, you know, a lot of the songs we just, because everything went underground, we just like when things started to come back in like the seventies, you know, we went around, we traveled around and we got songs from everywhere. You know, and so the songs that I grew up singing, they weren't necessarily my language. They weren't like really connected to place. Um, and so it wasn't until I heard this archive and got to hear like the old songs that come from come from my territory, Wulustuguk. Uh, hearing that archive, I, I you know I had to like share that with people um, because it was something that was so detached from the community. And you know these 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 anthropologists, they go in, they collect, and then they just put in a museum. You know, and it's like there's no like most people didn't even know that these you know this this record existed, and so for me it's just like half of the work of this project is just actually trying to get the word out to like other Wolastuiic people that you know there's this beautiful archive, and it's not just songs. You know, there's there's photographs and there's uh, you know there's stories in there, and there's there's so much um, that we can learn from, and and so much power in in that archive, and so for me it was like just trying to dig that out and and, and give it back. Of people, because that was sort of what what the whole point is, you know. Am I correct in that there are very few people who can speak the language of Wolastuwuk? Like I, I, my understanding is, you what is it in the hundreds of uh, yeah, if yeah. that right? Yeah, so totally. But do you speak it? Do you understand it? I do. Yeah, and so I I'm, I'm rather fortunate in that way because you know my mother's a speaker and my aunt was like a language teacher and and you know. And not everyone had, you know, access to language teachings growing up in the home. So, so I'm very, very fortunate in that sense um, so, that you so, know so, that, so that what, I have that. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I can appreciate that. What kinds of themes lyrically uh, yeah. did you discover? And in terms of what makes it onto your record, in terms of, and we never even got to that yet. And I suppose, yeah. I suppose we should get to that first uh, because you basically. If anyone, when when people hear this record, if they haven't already, they'll notice that you seem to have uh, adapted 
these pieces for your for your own and, and sort of brought mm-hmm. worlds together, so to speak, cultural worlds together, I suppose. So within that, if, when you're while you're talking about that process, can you also uh, sort of describe some of the lyrical motifs that, yeah. that go through the the songs on this record? Yeah, I'm happy to do that. Um, but. Uh... Yeah, so uh <laughs> sorry. I'm no, really it's like, my where, fault. Where I'm go, I'm scrambling everything. Yeah, no. You um, you were talking about uh how you came upon this archive and you had this classically uh you had a classical training and then you discovered the archive and then something clicked, I suppose is what yeah, you're at. Yeah. Great. Yeah. So um See, I'm helpful. Was... I can help. <laughs> you're being very helpful, keeping me on track <laughs> and then knocking me off and then back again. Yeah, you know, sorry. It's, uh, it's my fault. It's a it, it's a good it's a good game. I like it. Um <laughs> But anyway, upon like go- going to that archive, you know, because because again, like Maggie sort of saw that I was like I was trying to do, sort of blend these worlds together, and she knew that I was a, you know, a singer, and and, and she says, you know, if you really want to know about the old songs, like the old songs from around here, you got to go to the archive, mm-hmm. and that was so that was the moment when I got to go and sit with this archive, and once I was able to like witness that, it was like it was the path was clear. I was like, okay, this is this is what needs to be done. It needs to be a reconnection point back to the community. And the archive, to- the archive was located in a museum. Yeah, exactly. So it's uh, the the current like wax cylinders and and all the sort of information sit at the the Canadian Museum of History in uh, in Gatineau. Right. Um, yeah. So um, so they're there, you know, and it's uh, and there's been a lot of really really interesting like repatriation projects that have been going on um, in our territory and you know across the country. You know, many nations are. We're just like we're taking our stuff back. Yes, <laughs> so, yeah, that's great. Um, and I think it's really awesome. And, and and mine's a little bit part of that. And uh, and I think that's pretty cool. But you know, there was actually just a they call it Sinaguiden, uh, which means uh, the grandfather canoe. And that actually just came back to our ter- like uh, our territory um, last in the last couple of years. Um, Sorry, it was like actually, a, an it, actual vessel, like a, yeah. Oh, so. Okay. It, it was a canoe from the late 1800s that was taken to because uh, my people were like master canoe builders. It was sort of like one of our one of our big things um, because we were on the all the water so much. We were river people, you know. So yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, so our canoes were like super renowned, and 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 so they took one to England, um, and it was there since the 1800s, and just like last, I think it was two years ago, it came back. Oh, um, amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so there's there's a lot of these projects kind of happening, which I think is like super cool. And, and uh, you know, uh, I'm super happy to be a part of that. But and, that, and that's sort of what this, the whole goal of this album was really was to like, just make an accessible point for, for, for my people to like, think about this archive. And you and, did, and you did yeah. so in this bridge building way. I, are you familiar with the record by Alanis Sobabsuin, the uh, Bush Lady record? Yeah, I sure am. I love that. <laughs> yeah, and I, 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 I spoke with her recently, and I was curious about the configuration, the musical configuration, because the music that uh, backs her up, which I believe was chosen by the uh, CBC. Uh, mm. in the mid 80s is are, are all kind of classical instruments if you will like mm-hmm. strings and and horn sections and and meanwhile she's conveying you know um lyrics and ideas that pertain to uh her community and the indigenous uh, community so yeah. I, I found that fascinating that there was this amalgam of western instrumentation uh, european instrumentation and yet this conveyance yeah. from from here, so uh, from, yeah. from her perspective, and on some level, I thought of her record when I think of your record because it's in the realm of the same notion of of bringing Western and Indigenous culture together. Is that what do you make? I of mean, that? that's a high honor. Thank you so much. I mean, she's like 
fucking icon in our community. Sorry, I don't know if I can swear on this. Apparently um, you can. You did. So it's done. <laughs> yeah, go for it. Can't go back now. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, no, she's, a, she's such like a an amazing light for our people. So uh, that's, a, that's a high honor. Thank you for yes. saying that. Um, but I, I suppose so, yeah. Uh, in terms of like how my styles came together, it's just a confluence of of everything that that went into my bringing up which is like yeah i'm like i'm sitting on these fences of these two worlds and like trying to bring something together um uh, and what, what letting is, these worlds speak to each other what but, is what is that impulse though is it a gateway for either to enter these either world that's why i'm, I, I'm curious yeah. about it i suppose i suppose yeah a gateway or just like you know they just they're worlds that really haven't spoken to each other hmm. in, in enough. Ah, I really struggle with the word authenticity, but sometimes it just works, you know, sure. <laughs> but in an authentic way, um, they haven't spoken to each other, you know, um, or it's been two people in conversation. And I feel very um, uniquely positioned, I guess, in that sense where I do, I have both a relationship with both musics now, you know? And so it's like when I create, I'm just creating at the center point of, of those intersections of, of, my musical training and where I come from and to root it and, 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 but to always, yeah, rooted in, in language and, and culture was very, very important to me from, you know, from even my time at school, you know, I was like, I was trying to always find that answer of like how to, how to do this in like an honest way and, and still speak truths, you yeah, know, certainly, yeah. certainly like, like uh, if, if, to get into the lyrical content, you know, there's, there's some tough stuff on this one, you know, in this record. Um, and, and, you know, they might be little simple turns of phrases and then, um, but, but for me, they're saying a lot, you know, for me, it's like uh, on the, there's a track called Aguiden, which actually means canoe, you know, like yeah. uh, I was talking about earlier. And um, there's a, in the B section of that song, it says, Waliyu and Chosamag when Madachwan get a whistmill. Which means, um, thank you for the water, so no one will go thirsty. But when I say that, you know, I'm talking about the fact that we still have nearly a hundred, you know, boiled water, long-term boiled water advisors in this country, mm-hmm. uh, and most of them, if you know, practically all of them, are in indigenous communities. Yes. And so I think for me, it was very, very important to, even though I'm saying uh, something in the language uh, which may not be, you know, immediately apparent or obvious to, to people who don't speak it or, or are not of our community, um, there are still so many issues that need to be discussed all the time, I think. Um, and, and, and that's the only way the needle's actually ever going to move forward. And so, yeah, so there's, there's songs about... Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, ready get 20, 20, ready get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well. Hello Fresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Water writes their songs. Um 
there's songs about, you know, um, protest and, and bring each other up and, and, you know, government accountability and like all of these, all of these things, you know, <laughs> I actually kind of had a funny story, you know, I was talking about the, the governor general's award thing I did in Ottawa with yeah. at the national arts center. Right. Um, so they just like, uh, they had listened to the record and they were like, I, I just, you know, I was like, Hey, whatever one you want me to come and do, that's, that's totally cool by me. You know, I like them all. They're all my, you know, they're all my babies, those songs. So, yeah, yeah. um, so they picked this one called Sugamawe. And uh, the the full title is actually "Limtuagan Cho Aligazi which means the the song that you sing um, at the installation of a new chief. Hmm. And so um, this was the this was the title on the original wax cylinder, right? And so all of those titles that that are on the record, they're all just coming from from that original wax. Um, but this titles. Um, and the song would be sung when 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 the new chief is brought in. So uh, when I was writing this, this was when uh, when Mr. Trudeau was was taking office. And so the words are kind of like sort of like we're watching, you know. It's like right. uh, So that means um when you when you lead when you lead the people, um, you need to think of everyone. Hmm. Um, because the decisions that you make are going to impact the ones yet to come. It, it, sound, so, it sounds to me that in listening to the archive recordings, you chose to reflect those that, uh, like those pieces that still resonated today in terms yeah. of, or, or the, the, the lyrics that were covering things like water. I mean, it, it might seem... Uh, somewhat disconnected to what you're talking about, uh, it, it rather in terms of the original piece's intent, but you saw a way of applying these archive pieces yeah. to issues that are that pertain to now. Is that totally? Yeah. So some of them, are, so some of them are that totally, and then also others are just strictly like um, there's these thing called vocables. I don't know. Uh, yeah. But I'll just explain for your audience. Um, so vocables are sometimes, uh, you know, these are like anthropologists at the time, they'd say nonsense syllables. Mm. Um, but it's just for us, it's like chant music. It's just like um, the words don't necessarily have like a specific meaning or like an obvious l- lyrical meaning, but they they convey spiritual meaning. Mm. So um, a lot of those songs on the archive, they are that. Um, they have, they don't necessarily have language in them. I see. Um, but they're, they're the chant. And so oftentimes I'll like, uh, on this record, I'll, I'll show a little bit of that. You know, you can actually hear the old archive, uh, playing along. And so, um, a lot of those moments are like chant moments. Uh, and then there's, uh, yeah, then there's some lyrical content as well. And then I also worked with like my aunt as well, who's a, a teacher of the language. And she, um, helped me to craft some of the, some of the more lyrical bits as well. Mm-hmm. Um, which, uh, yeah, because, for me, it was like about speaking to a very specific community. And, you know, people are happy, like people are welcome to come and witness. And I knew that doing this kind of project, people would want to come and check it out and see what it sounded like. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it, it, it's for a very specific group of people. And, and, and that's, and that's Wolostoic. Uh, and, and that's why I kept it in the language too, that, you know, there was some back and forth about whether, you know, maybe I should do these pieces in English or if I really want to like reach people with the lyrics, you know, maybe, maybe that's the best way, but, yeah, what I've come to learn, and maybe, you know, this is part of a lesson from, from classical music, too, is like, w- lyric and word is one thing, but but the power that music can bring and the, and the meaning that it can convey, I think, runs quite a bit deeper. Um, hmm. So, and that kind of sounds, I don't know, cheesy, but... Uh, no, 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 I mean, it's it's fair. I, I can't 
your record, I think, is resonating. Uh, for again, you're you're primarily singing in a language that very few people will understand, and in some cases, as you say, it's not even language; it's sounds. I I think that on some level, this record and and your work will operate on a really highly emotional level more than potentially an intellectual level for some um, because they're they're going to be feeling things more than processing information on some level. I mean, you tend to contextualize these pieces when you perform live in yeah. your in your banter um, and in I guess in in realms like the one we're in currently. But but no, I mean, just listening to the record, it's an emotional experience more than I would say more than anything else. I appreciate you saying that. Yeah, that was that that that's absolutely the intention. So I'm yeah. glad that uh, I'm glad that came through. Yeah, you but, you you did yeah. you did say a few things there that I want to follow up on in terms sure. of the power of this music and its messaging to potentially provoke change. Uh, mm. you, you mentioned the fact that you know there's there are remaining there there are you know innumerable issues. Uh, yeah. In your in the indigenous community that aren't addressed, you invoked uh, Trudeau there, the current prime minister of Canada. Yeah. What do you make of the job he's doing uh, as prime minister in terms of how it's impacting indigenous communities? Because I know that is um, uh, an issue that people bring up quite a bit uh, in terms of prom- yeah. promises versus actions, uh, you know, platform promises versus what's actually happening. What's your take on that? Yeah, that, I mean that's 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 the question. Um, there seems to be an amount of like double speak. I think that that happens, but I think that's that that's nothing new in the like in the political game, and uh, and I think you know we are a lot of people got really excited about about this nation to nation. You know, because what is that? What is at the core of that? That's really talking about like sovereignty, yeah, and that's talking about that's big talk, you know, but. Yeah, it doesn't seem like they're you know the Canada Corp is interested in in these kind of things you know buying pipelines and such. So, yeah, yeah. Um, so I think there's a there's a, there's an inherent contradiction I think in in like the ways that that uh, Indigenous communities are being spoken about. But yeah, I I do struggle with it quite a bit, and um, you know there's a lot of especially on the East Coast, and and, that, and that's where a lot of my you know political focus lies um is actually on on the ground you know and what's what's going on in our territories because you know there's a lot of um resource extraction companies that are that are trying to come through and and you know we have the energy east that that has been has been stalled and 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 put down but uh but we'll see you know there's 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 always another and so um you know as much as i you know (laughs) might have a distaste for the for for the current head uh of the country i can be more effective working on the ground in my own community, uh, communities, I should say, yeah. and uh, and 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 trying to just be positive and create change, you know. And so, you know, I I, I, I leave judgment for for others and political commentators and and, and people people of that sort. Uh, you know, my for me, my art and this album is political enough just by being. Yeah. Um. You know, I really do believe that that you know because of the history of like being silenced and you know our ceremonies being illegal and, and these songs being illegal. Yeah. I really feel that just even to, to come and say it now is, is a statement in itself and, and be unapologetic in that and not asking permission, you know, not, not, you know, crediting a museum or like, you know, 
yeah, yeah that's not to say that you know they there were individual archivists that weren't you know incredibly helpful to like to get me on this journey and to keep me going but but the systems i mean you know yeah. um of like what keeps our culture away from us um these things for me need to be challenged and and that's you know i'm really focused in on that so i think there's like there's a couple layers of like political discourse that that you know i feel like if i lose focus on my very specific intention can get tricky. <laughs> I, I appreciate that. You know that. what I'm saying? Yeah, I, yeah. Do, I do appreciate that. And, you know, we've talked a lot about duality uh, in this conversation. I mean, you were kind yeah. of just referring to that now. Um, and we've talked about cultural duality. Is, is it, uh, am I right? Or do you identify as two-spirit? Uh, yeah. I, I mean, that's again, that's a it's a tricky word, that one. You know, I'm certainly somebody under the under the queer umbrella that is um, that is indigenous, and so I've I've gotten an amazing chance to work with like some two spirited elders and 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 people that have been raised you know in this way that their communities didn't have a strong influence of the church, and so, so these these ways of like people in between never went away. Mm. You know, these were just strong, and that's how they were raised. And so for me to come in and say, you know, I'm I'm just as two spirit as they are. I don't know. I don't know if that's true. You know, the church had a had a huge influence in our community and um, created like role like really severely enforced gender roles in a lot of our communities. And and you know, especially on the East Coast, um, we've been dealing with with colonization. You know, much longer. Um, you know, we bore the brunt of of that initial landing, right? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And and so. Um, there's so much amazing, even, you know, here in Nishinaabe territory and, and, uh, you know, I just got back from, from out West and, and, and so many beautiful teachings and people that are still being raised, uh, and, and, and coming up, you know, really knowing what it means to be a two spirited person, because that's a very specific cultural position and role. Um, how, how, and do, so, how do you yourself define that? I noticed you kind of hedged on it when I, uh, in terms of as a term, uh, but what is your personal definition then. Well, well, I just think it's like, because I hedge on it because it's like a recent term. It's like uh, mm-hmm. two-spirit, first of all, it's an English term. So it's sort of, right away, it's sort of, it's, it's and it's, you know, uh, is, uh, is the, is the Anishinaabe Moen for two-spirit, right? Okay. And that's just a literal translation of, of that term. But, you know, I, I don't come from this territory. I come from the East, right? And so, so our term, or what I've come to understand it being is Madaulin. And so, you know, I, I didn't, wasn't raised in those teachings. And, um, but these are, it's, you know, it, even going back into the archive and getting to read these stories, you know, it actually talks about these people, these mm. people who were in between and had that, who had that great spiritual power and the, the, the ability to see both way, you know? Um, so yeah, I think for me, it's like, and you say, you're asking, how do I define it? For yourself. I mean, I, I, right. these, these things are, uh, some, some, Terms like these, like you said, I think you're sort of hinting at this, alluding to the fact that sometimes these terms are foisted upon a people, yeah, or, or and, and they're not, they, they just have to live with them. Um, well, well, I should say, like, especially with the two spirit one, that that one sort of came uh, out in the 90s when you know, uh, collections of like people, like indigenous queer people in the inner city, um, either uh, this term actually came in Winnipeg, I do believe if I know my two spirit history correctly. Um, but it was, it was people from all different nations who, who were both native and queer. And, um, 
you know, they wanted terms to talk about that intersection, you know, and that's sort of what, what it came because there was these teachings around, around these middle people, people that were of different genders, you know? Yeah, so, yeah. Um, so it was a way to, to sort of solidify politically or, or to like, or to, to be able to talk across because the common language was English. It wasn't, you know, these people were speaking all different dialects and, and languages from all over the place. And so there was, um, yeah, I think there was a need for a term um, to talk about these identities um, and the confluence of them. But, uh, but yeah, I, I would choose, you know, even in my community context, maybe choose to identify with the term in my language rather than something like two-spirit, which is like a, it's more of a pan-Indigenous term. Yeah, so I don't know. It's it's a it's a complicated discussion, I guess. But uh, it is, and I and I, I hope I, I uh, it's not off putting for you to to get into it. No, it's all part of it, you know. It's uh, um, and you know, I, I certainly never have hid, you know, who I was, and and I knew myself from a very young age, um, and so I and I was supported in 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 that way, um, to just sort of be who I wanted to be, and I think that's so rare. Well, and, particularly and, since it doesn't sound like you had many queer elders to to look up it, to. Yeah, hugely, and that's 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 one issue, and 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 something I'd like to be part of solving. And so, yeah, I I, I used to do some work with a, with an organization here in Toronto that was creating resources in communities around um, queer elder mentorship and and these kind of things. And so, it's something that I'm very very passionate about. And so, I, I I'm happy to talk about it totally. Um, yeah, because it's. I think it's very important, and and to maybe even be one day that that person, um, that is is sort of living that identity and and not really ashamed at all to talk about it, you know. You know, it just from your music and your scholarship and the cultural work you're doing and your outspokenness and I, I Jeremy, I feel like you might be a remarkable person. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll need to get that on a t-shirt or something. Yeah, get it on a t-shirt. Do something yeah, with that yeah. blurb because yeah. I think uh <laughs> I think uh <laughs> No, I I uh, just uh, no, I appreciate that. No, it's it's uh it's an uh, yeah, you're just um you bring a lot to the to the table, so to speak, and I I appreciate your work and I appreciate you. Uh what is next for you now that like you know, this is your name is your profile is high as high as it's ever been, I think, and the people are really responding well to the music and, and the commentary. What what do you want to do next? What uh, I mean, yeah, I I guess I'll have to give you a call in a couple of weeks and let you know when I figure it out. <laughs> I think like uh, for me, it was just like I I had this vision about this record and I I really had to execute it fully, and so uh, I dove I dove in quite deep um, into the into the research into the creation and the recording and all this. You know, it it, it took quite 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 a many years mm. to create this. And so, um, for me, there are still so many stories that have, you know, that have yet to come out. You know, the archive is just one, one thing that I wanted to address and tackle and talk about. Yeah. Um, but there's so many, not, not even issues, but just celebrations that need to happen. You know, this is just one, one iteration of that, but you know, I'm, I'm now moving and working with our stories quite a bit. And, and so I don't know if that's going to turn into like a, a stage play or a film project or, or what it's going to be. Um, I just uh, demoed my next recording um, as well, which is in English. So that's... Oh, um, wow. Okay. Yeah. Well, sort of like half and half, actually. But uh, but yeah, we'll uh, we'll see what that all turns into. I don't know. So it's, it's like I'm just sort of... Now that I've completed this cycle of work, and I don't... And, and I say that, and I'm like, no... 
that's not true. This is not complete. You know, it's like mm. there are still so many iterations, uh, even within this own, you know, archival project of it's like, um, yeah, there's there's so many facets I want to go down. You know, we're now we're now talking with with. I did my first orchestra gig a, a little while ago. Yeah, you were saying. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 I was like, oh gosh, yeah, this is cool. This is really a good feeling to be backed up by the you know that much uh, that much power. You know, is like it's really fun. So um, so I'd love to like uh, uh, do do more of that. Um, you so know. so coming up next, more expensive stuff. Basically, <laughs> yeah, I guess that's true. You but, need to uh, create a budget, maybe, is what the I'm, next I'm step really should be. I'm really counting on that Polaris, I guess. Oh yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> yeah, hopefully that uh, we make it onto the, you make it onto the short list there. That would be great. Fingers crossed. Yeah, I guess we find out uh, in uh, July, this month. Yeah, in July Sometime. 17th. Yeah, so. yeah. So, uh, so yeah, we'll see how that goes. I mean, honestly, it's like I got to meet Buffy as part of this process um, backstage at the first announcement. Yes, and I was like, you know. Nothing else matters. I've, I've, you know, met this woman and, um, yeah, <laughs> you know, award be damned. Um, but it would be, I mean, for my first project, it would be such a, such a high, I mean, it's already been such a high honor to have it so well received. And, and I think, yeah, I just can't wait to say something new too, you know, it's, um, yeah, this, this one was a very specific and personal thing, you know, this is like very much my f- my family, you know, going back and, and hearing these old songs, you know, I'm related to some of these people. And yeah, so, yeah. um, so it was a very, very personal project and one that is very rooted specifically, you know, in my language and my community. Um, but now, yeah, I feel like there's also bigger, broader discussions that, that, that ought to be happening too. And so finding ways to contribute and plug into those, I think is, is, is my next iteration. All right. Well, that's it's it's ambitious as as I imagine you will always be. So I, <laughs> I uh, we all look forward to hearing that. Where can people learn more about you and this record online? Oh, online. I was like, well, you can come. You can come to Toronto. Just come hang out. We'll <laughs> sit down. We'll have a talk. Um, but no, online. You, you can uh, you can go to my uh, website, jeremydutcher.com. Um, there's some like tour dates on there, and um, some we're we're working on putting up some more information about the project, um, just to explain to people a little bit because you know it. it it begs for a little context, I think. This yeah, it does. Works. So, yeah. Um, so uh, but uh, that's good. I think it ought to as well. So, um, okay, so JeremyDetcher.com, uh, is that? Yeah, the, okay. or if, yeah, that's probably, that's one good way, you know, if you if you want to support and like, and, and purchase some music, the best way to do that is through Bandcamp. That gets okay. artists the most amount of money um, or most amount of like direct support. Yeah, so, okay. Um, so that's another option. Uh, if you're like a, a social media person, I'm terrible at it, but, uh, I do try to post when I can. So, okay. um, yeah, there's a couple entry points, but uh, I'm like so happy to go around and talk to people and and share this music. And uh, it's been a cool journey. So yeah, you um, seem like she, a, a very open person, and I uh, I appreciate that. That came through when I saw you in, in Ottawa that that show I was talking about. So, oh, good. Yeah, absolutely. Now, is there a particular song from this new right. record that we can play? And, and time is not a uh, an, uh, an issue per se. Time is not an issue. Yeah. Okay. Fantastic. Um, you know, I've been really, I mean, oh gosh, wow. Oh, geez. I'm just looking at the, the, the cover now and I'm like, oh, which one to pick? Um, I've been listening to Aswanige. Aswanige? 
Yeah, which is the second. It's the second track on the record. Okay. Um, it's like this is. It's called Trading Song. That's sort of like, or the the, the real title is like Let's Trade. Um, okay. So it's talking about exchange. Um, and so there were three as part of this archive. There were three different trading songs that were part of part of this thing. And so I wanted to like find a way to like weave them together a little bit. So it's like sort of three songs in one, you know, with three very different vibes and and and. But I, I think I kind of, I hope at least I, I created one sort of through narrative between between these sort of three distinct movements. So um, yeah, and and it's a little uh, anyway. I just think uh, I'm proud of the song, and it's really big, you know, in terms of like the the, the file that we had to use to create this. You know, this was right. like one of the, one of the biggest on the record. So it's there's a lot of sounds, there's a lot of um, a lot of variation, and I'm just yeah, I think it's uh, pretty neat. So. Uh, yeah, I would say that one. Okay, let's let's hear cool. it now. This is Aswanige by Jeremy Dutcher. Jeremy, this was an absolute uh, pleasure. Thank you so much for your time today, and I wish you the best of luck with everything in the future. Yeah, Vish, it was a total pleasure. Let's uh, let's do it again sometime. Douze, twelve. <laughs>
Special thanks to Jeremy Dutcher for appearing on this, the 408th episode of Creative Control, which is part of the Entertainment One Podcast Network and is available on all iOS and Android platforms and also on things like Spotify, YouTube, and Audio Boom. If for some reason you can't find an episode that you're looking for on any of those platforms, or if you wish to learn more about me and sign up for my regularly scheduled newsletter, everything you will need is at my website, vishkana.com, V-I-S-H-K-H-A-N-N-A.com. You can like Creative Control on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at vishcreative, or follow me at vishkana. You can also listen to a radio show version of Creative Control on Wednesdays at noon Eastern Standard Time around the world at CFRU.ca or on an actual radio at 93.3 FM if you're in or near Guelph. Also, please consider visiting patreon.com slash creative control to make a flexible monthly donation to keep this podcast going. And for your generosity, I'm uh, happy to send you a, a t-shirt if that's uh, I have a t- show t-shirts. And I have other things too. So if you're interested in pledging and and you, you want to ask me for something in return, just uh, let, let me know on Patreon. There's a way of messaging me. Just do it. Patreon.com slash creative control. Thanks again to Pizza Trocadero, The Bookshelf, Planet Bean Coffee, Granddad's Donuts, and Planet of Sound uh, for uh, you know in-kind support of this show. Thanks, too, to my pal Jim Guthrie for letting me use the uh, instrumental version of his song, The Rest is Yet to Come, to end the show. That's what you're hearing right now. JimGuthrie.org for more info about Jim. And uh, once again, thanks to you. It means a lot that you listen to the show and, and review it and rate it positively and, and download episodes and, and just spread the word about it. It really does mean a lot, so please continue to do so. I have to go. I'm late for something, so I will talk to you later. Bye for now. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.